Kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Yeah, they're going to be Knox again for the second straight season. Took care of them uh, last year, but uh, this year uh, it's uh, they, they returned everybody, essentially, is uh, what Coach Rye was telling me. So we'll talk to him uh, ahead of that matchup and uh, see what he's thinking as uh, the Red Devils are looking to win back-to-back regional titles. Can they do it? Uh, I'll tell you this. That's a gutsy effort. Last week to come back and win that game, I'm still not 100% sure how they did it down 21 in the fourth quarter. But, you know, they found a way to do it. Do they still have some magic left? And and really, how did they manage to do that? Because I wasn't there. I, I don't know if there's like a specific, if he said something, if the team said something, if there's like a moment. I got no clue, man. So we're talking to Coach Shane Fry. He's coming up here uh, about... Like 10, 12 minutes or so. We do continue a massive week of ticket giveaway. I got too, I too many tickets to give away. So I got some last second football tickets. You got to be able to come by and get them tomorrow here at our stations. But if you want to go see Purdue football against Minnesota this Saturday, it seems like it's going to be a nice day out. Text Boiler Up to 765 447 4080. That number again, 765 447 4080. We'll hook you up, Purdue, Minnesota football tickets. I'll draw out the winner at the end of the show. Text BOILERUP765-447-4080. That will get you your shot uh, to win those tickets. I love giving these things away, man. It's a lot of fun. And you guys seem to dig it, too, because, I mean, I get, you see the number of texts we get for this. But somebody's going to win them. Might as well be you. Text me, BOILERUP765-447-4080. Tomorrow... I gotta give away something tomorrow, right? Uh, let's see here. No, can't give away those volleyball tickets. Can't give away oak and bucket tickets just yet. Maybe we can't give away oak. And, no, we can't give away oak and bucket tickets yet. Uh, I do tomorrow have a pair of tickets for that Gavit Games basketball game with Purdue Xavier to win tomorrow. So it's just a whole solid, solid week of good ticket winning. But uh, I do have football tickets for tomorrow against Minnesota, or I'm sorry, Saturday against Minnesota, uh, 765-447-4080. Text BOILERUP to that number, 765-447-4080, and uh, you'll be registered to win. All right, let's start with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, tonight it's the Bears, and it is uh, Carolina? Ugh. Let's be honest. There will be no Justin Fields either. Listed as doubtful to play, 
Matt Eberflus ruled him out yesterday. Tyson Bagent will get his fourth consecutive start. Say so he needs another day. Sounds like if it was going to be a Sunday game, Fields would play. But at this point, you'd rather be safer than sorry, right? Absolutely. Speaking of the NFL, Colts in Germany on Sunday. And uh, you know who's not going to be there? Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson. Demoted for the starting lineup from Sunday's loss in, against the Commanders. Did not travel with the team to Frankfurt for that matchup against the Colts, says uh, ESPN. The NFL Network first reported that uh, he wouldn't be traveling for the game, citing questions about his reliability. Sources say that Jackson missed curfew at a team hotel on Saturday as well. SI had previously reported that he was late. So Patriots down a player in the secondary. Well, uh, Iowa continues to set historic uh, records. I mean, that's what records technically are. But anyway, the over-under in that game against Rutgers is now down to a historic low in the sports books this week. As of this morning, 28 the consensus on the over-under in a collegiate football game, the lowest of any college football game since 2000, according to ESPN Stats and Information. Barring any late-line movement, the game will be the first with an over-under total of less than 30 points in ESPN's odd database. What? What? How is that even possible? Pacers were out the Jazz last night, 134-118. to 118. I had a feeling. Naismith led the team in scoring, coming off the bench, 24 points. 4-6 from 3. Tyrese Halliburton with 13 assists. Pacers turn it around quickly tonight. They head up to Milwaukee. They're going to take on the Bucks, Two and a half point road dog. That's usually a good matchup. Bulls with the night off tonight, but they played last night as well. Suffered an OT loss. 116-115 to 115 to the Suns. Bradley Beal made his, a season debut. Vooch led the scoring for the Bulls with 26. DeMar DeRozan sent it to overtime with a layup with about 15 seconds left. Defense holds. Then an OT, it's uh, Nurkic with a layup, just seven seconds left. DeRozan with a shot to uh, take the win there at the end with about three seconds left. Doesn't go in. And the Bulls suffer that loss. Tonight, Blackhawks will be in Tampa. Uh, they're going to take on the Lightning. They are, they're not, they're, they're not favorited in that one. That's Okay. And then, like we said earlier, Bears will host Carolina tonight for Thursday night football. And uh, the Bears are actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite here, which is kind of crazy. The over-under is 38, which my gut kind of tells me it's a little bit low because neither one of these teams are great in the secondary. I feel like that's a little bit low. We are due for one of those deceptive games, aren't we? That we're like, this thing absolutely stinks. I'm not watching it. And then it turns into some ridiculous type shootout. Like, I feel like we're due for one of those games. And maybe that one is tonight. I hate the half point here. I feel like I could take Chicago minus three. But I hate the half point. I mean, I hate, look, I I hate the score straight up. Don't get me wrong. 
But I, just in in my gut of guts, for some reason, it's just calling out to me that this isn't over. Despite all the lack of offense, I just I feel like I have more faith in very bad defense in the secondary for both these teams. I like the Bears to win it. Don't get me wrong. It'll be interesting to see what Montez uh, Sweat looks like on Thursday night football. But I do think there's a couple of player props that uh, that you can that you can kind of circle here. First off, DJ Moore revenge game, right? Playing his old team. We love those narratives. He was sitting, when I checked it earlier today, it was 52 and a half yards. Oh, man, that's already up to like 55 and a half. Whew. You know what? Whatever. I still like it. Look, since Bates has taken over, Moore hasn't had the big numbers, yes. But in those three games, 54, 55, and 44. So we're right at that number for two out of the three. And we're dealing with a Panthers secondary that has just been bleeding points. I just, I absolutely do not have any faith. And I think you got a very, very motivated DJ Moore tonight. And the thing to take DJ Moore at just 55 yards, that feels like a, that feels like a little bit of a steal to me. So I think right there off the bat, I feel like, Hey, DJ Moore, I like that. I mean, these guys, look, well, they gave up 27 to the Colts last week, 42 to Miami, 42 to Detroit, 21 to Minnesota. They had the one weird game against Houston that they won, that Houston was just god-awful, and you saw what they did last week. On the other side of the ball, Hayden Hurst, maybe not the player that he was that one fantasy season. You had him and he paid off. But he's over 14 and a half receiving tonight. I don't know how much I love this, but uh, there was I mean, there were some stats to back this one up. So get this. Hurst has only hit the over on this mark Five times this year. Not bad. He's coming off a uh, season-high 54 yards last week off of two catches. He has four targets. And we need this lowly 14-and-a-half number, which he's covered in three of the last four games. He was over two on his targets against Houston and got no yards. But he covered it against Indy. He covered against Miami. He covered it against Detroit. And I think he's the best option at tight end right now for Carolina. Plus, the Bears have allowed more than 50 yards per game 
to tight ends this season? That may be a steal right there. I like putting it on DJ Moore more than I do Hayden. But that might be a steal right there tonight. Don't forget, if you'd like to use our friends over at DraftKings, they do have a 50% boost for you to use tonight on any bet on Thursday Night Football, as well as a no-sweat, same-game parlay or same-game parlay X. NHL action tonight. Got you covered with an up to 100% boost on your parlays and stuff like that. So I like using them. So go check it out. That's my best bets. I'm on DJ Moore and his over. Let's go. I think the Bears win. I think this low-key has a chance to turn into a shootout. I don't know that necessarily will. But we both know how bad these secondaries are. So maybe we get surprised with a decent game and somewhat of a shootout. I don't know. We'll keep our fingers crossed, all right? Don't forget your chance to win Purdue football tickets. They're taking on Minnesota on Saturday. You want to win them? Just text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. That's your chance, 765-447-4080. This is solid tickets, too. 765-447-4080. Of course, any free ticket is usually pretty good, but I, this is better than just like the throwaway top bad corner ticket. I got you covered here. 765-447-4080. Uh, that is the number you text Boiler Up in. It's your chance to win those tickets. We got you covered, all right? Hang tight. Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils. He's going to join me next. Stick around. Plenty more Hammer Down Show on the way on 1017 The Hammer. 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017TheHammer.com with uh, Jared Jesselize. We're over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Two teams remain locally in the high school football state tournaments. Uh, one of them right here is the Westside Red Devils. Coach Shane Fry is on with us here. They got a matchup against Knox coming up at 7.30 over at Gordon Shraley Field of a thrilling 42-41 overtime victory over Hanover Central. Down 21 there uh, late in that game, and they come back to win that. Coach, congratulations. What a performance there. Uh, you've had a lot of big wins. I mean, you've had some state championship wins, but uh, this 42-41 to 41 overtime win to secure that sectional, right, where does that rank up there for you all time? It's got to be pretty high. Uh, it, it depends on the category, but it's definitely probably the most unbelievable um, win. I, you know, as you look through the, you know, there's probably some point where, you know, it was almost a done deal. You know, you talk about 90%. Um, but our guys just kept fighting and kept believing and, and kept clawing back in it. And, um, just an unbelievable finish. Yeah. Uh, what, what an overtime finish there. Um, and, and to defeat a team as, as good as Hanover central, uh, really says something there that, uh, these guys didn't give up. I mean, that's the type of fight you need if you're going to make it, a in the state football tournament in three, a isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, so proud of our, uh, just that never give up. Uh, mentality that um you know just kept fighting scratching clawing look and uh you know they weren't going to go down and and that's what happened so uh credit to our guys what did you feel was there a moment in that game where you felt everything kind of shift was there a real turning point you thought for uh your boys and and uh that propelled them to be able to get that win is it a specific play is it maybe something you said on the sideline where do you point that turning where's that turning point at for you guys last week uh, well, I think we came out, um, you know, back 
the end of the first half. That that was that's tough to deal with. They scored on the last play, uh, so they go up twenty eight seven. We knew we had the score coming out, and did, um, which was great. So you felt like okay, we're back in this. Well, it wasn't. You know, a couple minutes later, they break a ninety touchdown run, so we're back down twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were able to score, get a stop, and then we sixty yard play. Um, sort of a trick play and Benny threw it to Cooper uh, at that moment. That's when I think, you know, our, our side of the field got a lot louder and their side of the field got a lot quieter. And, and uh, I think it was on from there. Oh boy. Look at that. Benny speaker as if there wasn't anything else he couldn't do on that football field. And we talk about this, about having to take him out and stuff because he's playing both ways. Now you're going to line him up. You have him throw uh, passes now too. On top of that coach, I feel like I've been a little lied to here. That's more Benny, not less Benny. Yeah, he's pretty excited about that. One for one for 60 yards. He's said he's got the best QB rating in school history. I was going to say, yeah, it's not like he's uh, he's not talking, you know, you're, you're running to Matt Lancaster or something like that. It's like, hey, buddy, guess what? You know how, you know, my percentage versus yours or, you know, I'm sure exactly. he goes at the Carson a little bit too as well, yeah. who, who had a good game in his own right too, 22 of 33 uh, on the pass there. I mean, efficient as well. And, of course, like you mentioned, uh, Dawson being so good in the uh, backfield there. Uh, really opens a lot of stuff here. So this week, uh, it's the regional title game. Another undefeated team in uh, Knox. Uh, they're twelve and zero. They beat John Glenlight. They put up sixty points last week. My goodness! But here we go again. It's it's another team puts up forty plus points. They typically don't give up a, a lot on defense as well. So taking a look at Knox, uh, what stands out to you, and and what's the biggest concern for you guys in your game planning? Uh, Knox, it's a uh you know, replica of what they were last year, but, you know, they played mostly underclassmen last year. So they're, they're a year, um, a better they're They've got experience with their playmakers. Um, so they're, they're going to be a better team than they were last year when we faced them in the regional, but you know, it's a copy of the team. They, they play smash mouth, run the football, run the football, run the football. Um, and you know, aggressive defense, uh, we have got to be able to get them off the field. You know, it's it's sort of a uh, it's like Rensselaer. It's a it's a matchup problem for us uh, if they just keep being able to get first downs and stay on the field. Um, so we've you know defensively got to find down. When you saw that you had to play them again for the second year in a row in the uh, regional, and, and you recall that game last year, uh, what stuck out in your brain? I mean, when you think about that, just off the top of your head, I know you got a great memory too. Uh, but what sticks out about that game last year in your uh, immediate memory? We took them out of what they wanted to do. We we were ahead in that game twenty one to six before they took an offensive snap. So, um, you know, crazy set of circumstances how it worked out. But that that's what it. And when they're behind two scores, um, you know that it's tough for them to play like they want to play. So. You know, if they get ahead by a score or two, or or it's an even game, they can do exactly what they want. But we were able to get get that lead early um, and get all the momentum, and, and it was tough for them. Coach Shane Fry, the Westside Red Devils are back at Gordon Straley Field, looking to claim another regional title as they take on Knox. That game's a, a seven thirty start over at Gordon Straley here, and uh, we'll see if Westside can punch its ticket to the semi-state for the second straight season. Coach, hey, you know we always appreciate the time. Heck of a win. Uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do for an encore this week. All right. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on the 101.7 The Hammer. 
Hey, I got Purdue football tickets for you to give away. Uh, text Boiler Up 765-447-4080. That's how you get registered to win tickets for the game Saturday against Minnesota. It's going to be a gorgeous day out there. They're like mid-50s. Let's go. You want to be there? Get your face in the place. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. And we'll get you the chance to win those tickets. All right. Speaking of football, here we go again. Um, yesterday... Uh, during uh, the Ryan Walters show, you know, the coaches show that they do uh, every uh, every week, he talked a, a bit about NIL, saying, quote, if it's a tier system of the Big Ten and what people have available in the collective, we're in the bottom tier. He also says he's going to be doing a lot of fundraising. Now, it was not that long ago. And I'm not going to compare the two because the way that these two said it are are very different. But didn't I take Stoops to task uh, a month ago on his radio show talking about how, well, if you don't like it, start chipping in more money because so we can buy better players? And I said, you know, that was so unendearing. And as a fan, you resent stuff like that coming from a guy that makes millions of dollars saying that, I'll, you know, you, the fan, who's already buying the tickets, who buys the merchandise, who follows on the social media, uh, who, who buys the NIL-branded merchandise, that you have to kick in more to a fund so that the millionaire could do his job right. I, I resent that implication. Now, to Coach Walter's credit, said it very differently. Not saying, hey, we can't win unless you do this. But explain how he viewed where Purdue ranks in terms of football in being able to compete in the NIL landscape. Now, before this, I had probably months ago, maybe back towards the spring, I had heard that Purdue... Are they in the top of the Big Ten? Absolutely not. Are they at least competitive in a lot of areas? Yes. That's what I was told by people that I think would know. Now, there's some crazy stuff going on at a lot of different sports across the Big Ten. Some other schools put money into things like wrestling and volleyball and things like that. It, you know, it happens. Some of the stuff is used to circumvent um, scholarship limits. Hey, listen, we can't give you a scholarship, but what we can do is give you an NIL deal that is equal to a scholarship. And then you can just, you know, we'll give you, you know, some money for taxes and stuff too. And it'll be good to go. That stuff happens. But what I don't understand is you have this whole entity, entity of the collective and it's just, I, I think people would donate some if it was worth their wild. I don't think you as the average fan who is dealing with how much gas costs, uh, you know, your your groceries cost, housing costs now. I'm not going on a political rant. You can do that later with your buddies. But I'm telling you the reality of what it is right now versus, you know, across the country, what you make versus what things cost now. 
you have a lot less discretionary income. And you're still going out there buying tickets, which are probably at a uh, traditional high, right? You're buying the gear. You're supporting the brand. You're on the message board. You're following on the, the, the social medias and stuff and sharing. You're doing all that stuff for the kids, too. But now there's this ask for, hey, put some money in the collection plate here. And if you don't, eh, it's not going to be great for us. Look, football is a different animal than basketball. The basketball, you are looking to provide for, what, like maybe 12? Football, there's just so many more personnel. And that's where uh, people with more funding can definitely get a leg up on you. Absolutely. But I guess my point here is, and he talks about the fundraising, he's going to be out and doing the fundraising. Where are, where are the events? Where are the, where are the branded things that I can buy? Maybe that's not as sexy as just getting a check from me, but I'm telling you, I'm, I I find little motivation to get out my wallet to chip into a fund where Lord knows, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I'm assuming that's what you're doing is buying the, you know, buying the right players and stuff. But of course, I have no equity in that. Can't we, or can we not do more? You're you're paying for name, image, and likeness, right? Why aren't we putting out other branded merchandise with these people on it? Where are our esteemed uh, alumni in all of this from the athletics? Yeah, they all sit down and they'll do the uh, they'll do the commercial and stuff. They'll do the YouTube video, but why why aren't we offering up some uh, stuff with their faces on it that fans can buy? Can't we do that stuff? You're you're paying for name, image, and likeness. You're a nonprofit. Shouldn't there just be monthly events where you can do things with these athletes? Pay to do that stuff. If they're getting a, a, a chunk of money or something, or at least that's the agreement that you know you're going to get paid. You do two of these things every semester or something like that. I mean, there's got to be ways around. I, I feel like there's no creativity if that's the case. Maybe it's all coming. Maybe it is. But I just think the average fan has absolutely no desire to take a chunk of their paycheck and put it into a fund that may or may not get them somebody of consequence uh, to make their team better. Certainly nobody wants to do that when you've only got two wins. Because you say, haven't you had the money and this is what we're doing? And that's what the average fan says. Again, I don't, I'm, this is not like Stoops. I'm, this is not an indictment on Walters. He talks about having to go out there and get it, and that's where he feels that they are at right now um, in terms of the football funding. I, I don't know all the ins and outs. Nobody's going to talk to you about the, no, nobody on the record is going to come on here and talk about the ins and outs, what they have, what's going out to uh, the specific programs, and what's going out to players. It's not going to happen. But, I, I, again, much like the NIL stores and stuff where this money can go directly into 
uh, the players' pockets. I, you feel like the uh, the collectives have got to do something of the like, right, in order to generate some more. I know uh, you got the little bit of the overhead, but at the same time, if you can make money on something, that's money that you don't have coming in normally. Brian Newbert's talked about this on the show. I know he's talked about it on Golden Black. The model is just not that sustainable. To where you're going to get a few million dollars in donations every year to pay these players. It's it's just not sustainable. They're going to have to find new revenue streams in order to fundraise for these kind of stuff, and you know maybe that stuff is coming, but it's just not. And the thing is, too, is you know these court cases get worked out, and these athletes end up getting the money from the schools for the TV contracts. This stuff's still not going away. We've opened Pandora's box on this, and there's no going back. And yeah, this leveled the playing field here for a little bit because. You know, there were folks that had been funneling this money to athletes for quite some time. Then all of a sudden, everybody could because there was this huge influx of cash. And I almost guarantee you, at a majority of universities across this country, that cash is starting to slow down. That gap will rebuild. It will. And the thing that kills me is, is, as much as I can rail on a guy like Stoops for saying what he did and say, it's not my job to make your job easier with my money when you make way more money than I do. But they do have points. Like kids will narrow it down to two or three that they like, and then there's going to be a little something extra, right? What gets you over the hump? This stuff. So I don't know what the answer is. But I do know this. If you're just waiting and you're going to have to ask and ask for more and more regular fans to just chip in their hard-earned money, especially, you know, when the economy's going it's not going to happen. And because we set the bar so high with the initial threshold and the amount of money raised and all that kind of stuff, uh, I don't think that these athletes' appetites, I don't think the market is going to go down for a lot of them. It may for those mid-range guys dramatically, but the upper-range guys are still going to command the money because there's going to be enough programs that rake in the big money that's going to be able to do that. But I wonder about those mid- to lower-ish level programs just how bad they can start to get if they don't have the money to compete. So got to find new ways. Got to be creative. I do have tickets for you for Purdue in Minnesota this Saturday. Football, 3.30, Ross-Ade State. Of course, Kyle Chargers and myself will be doing Boiler Game Day starting at 1.30. We'll have you covered on that end. But if you want to go get your face in the place, gorgeous Saturday on tap, text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080 at 765-447-4080. Eight zero, Text that in. That's your chance to win. All right. We'll draw out those winners here at the uh, end of the show, which is coming up here in uh, what about the 13, 12 minutes or so. 
Yeah, we're almost out of time. Hang tight. We'll come back. Things we may have missed. And we'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Now, still got those Purdue football tickets up for grabs. Text Boiler Up the 765-447-4080. You text that in, it's your chance to win here. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show here in a few minutes. We'll call up somebody, give them the good news. So text Boiler Up 765-447-4080. And uh, that will be your chance to win. Tomorrow, very highly coveted Purdue Xavier men's basketball tickets for Monday. I got the hookup or do I got the hookup? I need to go back and I'm pretty sure we still got. Like, I know the, the women's tickets we got are absolutely fantastic. Where are my Xavier Purdue tickets? Okay, right here. Got my uh, got my Mackie seating chart here. I just want to see where these are at so I can get pretty hyper. That's not bad. Because there's no bad seats in Mackie, folks. That's the way it goes. All right, let's get into uh, some of the things we may have missed. So next week, we're finally getting this uh, Las Vegas F1 race, which has turned into a complete disaster for the city of Las Vegas. Businesses are irate. I mean, they're just destroying the strip, taking down trees and things you can't get around. The prices for things are plummeting. The hotel room prices are plummeting. Tickets are plummeting. F1 was threatening to throw up barriers uh, in front of businesses so nobody could see unless they paid money. I mean, it's it's been an absolute disaster. But Netflix has taken advantage here. They are going to pair four F1 drivers with four PGA Tour players and uh, have them golf. Live. The drive to survive and uh, full swing will combine uh, the drivers are in town for that Grand Prix starting next Saturday, the 18th. Matchups are set for 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern at the Wind Golf Club. That's going to be fun seeing the, uh, the the sphere in the background, right? I'm sure they're coming up with something, although I'd be surprised if they sold that advertising, man. That'd be kidding me. How much money would that be worth to get that thing in the middle of that Netflix? Uh, it'll be huge. Anyway, so they're going to do this. But here's the big thing. Get your Not only are they doing coverage with Boiler Game Day. Come on, you can't fire the IDs in my background like that. Okay, so I'll talk over. But anyway, um, the event itself is not the big news here. Uh, what it is is Marshawn Lynch is going to be one of the announcers on the call for the event. Marshawn Lynch, former football player, national treasure. The, how much he knows about golf? Absolutely beyond me. But at least it'll be somewhat entertaining. I, he, and he gets it. He's very self-aware, right? He gets it. So I'm on board to watch for a little bit, specifically just to listen to Marshawn. I'm on board with that. I know, and I've seen this running around um, Twitter, because some of you voiced your disdain for this uh, Barstool event where they hosted a basket, collegiate basketball game the other night. And some of the clips sound bad. I know a lot of people are into Barstool, and, and that's cool. And maybe I just got some bad clips. But to have 
Big Cat yelling about is over at collegiate players courtside like that? I don't think that's cool. You're paying to host the event and, and brand it, and then... And I like that, dude. But it was just like a mess. It was like if the Manning cast was doing Monday Night Football, but you couldn't see anything, and then Schwarzenegger's over here feeding a donkey, and you're just and everybody's just kind of talking randomly. That's what it sounded like. It wasn't good TV. Those guys usually seem to put on some good events, but boy, I was out on that one. Hey, more announcer news. Just when I thought the White Sox couldn't lose anymore. Jason Benetti will leave the White Sox booth and join the Detroit Tigers. How do you let that happen? How? Him and Stone were great. That was the best duo in uh, in, in all of... <sighs> That's so bad. We want to thank Jason Benetti for all he's done for Chicago White Sox throughout his tenure. Now is Jason one of the very best broadcasts across multiple sports. He's also born and raised White Sox fan who shared his passion for the team. <sighs> Why did you let him go? Why? Len Casper fully committed to radio. Our next step is to find the best person to pair with Steve Stone to continue to provide White Sox fans with smart, entertaining, and informative broadcasts in 2024. Good luck! You just cannot let one of the best broadcasters in the game walk right out of your booth. You had, you arguably had one of the best duos in all of baseball broadcasting. It was so good. And they're just going to let him walk away. Like, how? It's so bad, White Sox. So bad, but I'm not surprised. All right, if you're like me, you have no idea who, who David Schuster is. Do you know who David Schuster is? Because I don't know who the heck this guy is. A University of Michigan alum, TYT.com, I guess he writes. And the Michigan media is really rallying behind the university. They're trying to muddy the water. We, we talked about this. But this guy is on another planet. This guy's got 84,000 followers. And I mean, he's, he's taking a hard stand here. But here's the thing. His tweets are getting a little, they, they smell so desperate. Dear Disney Chairman Bob Iger, my family and I were planning a week-long trip to Disney World, but we've now paused our reservations given ESPN's College Game Day, which Disney and ABC oversees. If Feinbaum isn't fired, our family will go to Six Flags. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. The the $900 billion company really cares that you're not coming during peak, uh, peak season and going to Six Flags instead. Who tweets stuff like this? I, in, here's the thing. I thought maybe this is tongue-in-cheek, but I think he's actually 100% serious about it. He had another one, too, that he was threatening to boycott or leave. I'm just like, I don't think anybody's leaving or boy, or, you know, any of that stuff. Saying that, you know, if you don't 
stop with the the anti-Michigan. All the Michigan fans are going to stop watching, and then you're going to see who's really in charge. Like, how many... You don't have, like, 50 million strong across the country, buddy. A majority of college football and the fans are very much against you on this. I don't know who you think you're threatening. It's kind of sad. All right, last-ditch effort here. If you want to win your uh, Purdue football tickets, hurry up. Text Boiler up to 765-447-4080 and get your chance to win those tickets for Saturday's game against Minnesota. All right, that's going to do it for me here on the show tomorrow. Sam King's going to join me, Lafayette Journal and Courier. We'll talk some football with him, both uh, the two regional matchups and some Purdue football. So he'll join me. That's tomorrow, as well as the Boiler Basketball Show tomorrow. So very much looking forward to bringing that back for you. And then the regionals will be at La Rocca Field for that game, Central Catholic and LaVille. Going to be a great Friday. Come on back. And, hey, I'll have those Purdue men's basketball tickets for you for Monday's game against Xavier. That's tomorrow on the Hammer Day.